Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Smackdown Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture. Look back on Friday night's episode of Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also Monday Night Raw, NXT 2, oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture, as I said, they're joined by Michael Hamlet to review Friday Night SmackDown. What a show this was! Yeah, this was good. This was really good. It was high on um, in-ring quality. Yeah, which I think we've said a few times now, especially in our like middle of the night reviews. <laughs> that it's where WWE can still shine is maybe an overstatement, but where WWE can still be quite a proficient-looking wrestling show is those Sunday shows tend to just have all matches with less filler, less fluff. There was some pretty egregious fluff and filler on the show, which we'll get to when we hit it. But there was, what, like three pretty impressive, mm. like, in-ring outings tonight that made the, as a two-hour show, which SmackDown is. SmackDown shouldn't drag as much as it feels like it does, considering it's an hour shorter than Raw. <laughs> right? But it often feels like it's just dragging along. There's not enough characters there's not enough developed stories or fleshed out personas or anything like that the roster doesn't feel particularly i don't know like engaged with some of the stuff they're doing it's there's still elements of that but there was just three top top matches on the show that were so good from an entering point of view and in two cases had pretty significant developments as well that i would say like this is the best smackdown i can remember since before wrestlemania and I, there's not a single episode. When I say that, there's not an episode sticking out that jumps out as like a comparison point. No. So it probably stands out as the best SmackDown of the year. Yeah, I'd, I'd be tempted to agree with you on that one. I really enjoyed this. Uh, so much so that with this opening match, despite the fact it went to a double disqualification, mm. I gave it a little bit of leeway. I'll get into it as to why after we've uh, recapped it. So the show started pretty much immediately with uh, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus in that Money in the Bank qualifier with a bit of a kerfuffle at uh, Gorilla between Drew McIntyre and Butch to start us off. Yeah. Anyway, we come down, uh, Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus, and they just beat the piss out of each other because that's what they do. Mm-hmm. And they've got a bit of history together. And I liked the fact that they just didn't... It was just like, look, I know I'm just going to have to just hit you as hard as I can to yeah. win this match, basically. So they, there's some stiff shots early on. McIntyre hits him with a hard clothesline to take over. Sheamus fights back. McIntyre hits a Mishinoku driver. Uh, Sheamus hits white noise on the apron to take us to break after Butch has slightly got involved somewhat. 
When we come back, Sheamus hits the Alabama slam for a near fall. He uh, also pulled out McIntyre's future shock DDT for a nice two count as well. Um, Sheamus got hit with his own white noise by Drew McIntyre off the top. So they're exchanging moves, which was a nice touch. Uh, and it looks like McIntyre's got, got it pretty wrapped up. Goes to the Claymore and Sheamus, hit, Sheamus hits him with this huge knee to the face. He goes for the bro kick. McIntyre counters that with a powerbomb. Just a great story being told by these two men who yeah. fought each other a lot. Uh, Butch tries to interfere again. McIntyre hits him with a Claymore. But Sheamus gets back up in the midst of all that and sends McIntyre over the top. Um... They brawl around ringside, referee's counting, he's almost at 10, you're like, oh, bloody hell, we know where this is going. And then it's either a count out or a double DQ as they both swing chairs at each other to uh, to close out the match. But the thing that I mean by saying, oh, I'll, I'll, I was annoyed by the finish, but I was going to allow it, is A, they followed it up, it wasn't just like, well... They're both in Money in the Bank, or they're both not in mm. Money in the Bank. There's a big question mark as to what Postman Pierce is going to do about that. But also, it wasn't like they both just hit each other with chairs and went, right, DQ, let's go to the back then. This brawl doesn't stop. They start fighting. They go over the announce table together. Um, and we go to a break, and you think, right, when we come back, it's just going to be moving on. Here's what happened earlier. But no, they're still brawling. They're fighting all over ringside. They're fighting into the crowd. They have to be separated and it looks like they still want to get these, their hands on each other as Drew's standing in the ring as Sheamus is fuming in the crowd. I just, I, I felt adrenalized, if that's even a word, from this start to SmackDown. Yeah, as far as, you know, and let's call it what it is, as far as, like, cop-out finishes like this go, yes. this had such an air of authenticity about it in the way that, obviously, they led to the brawl they were having on the floor and, indeed, the post-match, as you've sort of highlighted there, how important it was to set a tone for these two that um, they haven't... Yes, it's in blind fury that they found themselves getting disqualified, but it's with a competitive desire to beat the other guy. So hopefully, and I'm assuming because he's a postman, uh, that he'll be under threat of Butch, a dog, because they're just <laughs> the natural enemies, aren't they? Adam yeah. Pearce and Pete Dunn now. Uh, that it won't result in certainly Seamus being eliminated, nor Drew, and this is all... Like, I don't mind being worked into the rematch for this where you get a conclusive winner. Because even though I know the gears, and even though I know they're doing this Phil TV time, this is evidence that you can do it in a more creative mm, way. Yeah. WWE have sort of established now that you just are going to get loads of what you want until you're kind of sick of having it. Um, so the least they can do when they're producing this content is to put the effort in a little bit. Mm. And everybody put the effort in here. Like the way that this match was structured, I, it must be such a dream for a wrestler to go to have a long and like, extensive career find their dream opponent, and then to see their name against them on the whiteboard when they get to work sometimes. It must be such a cool feeling because there is such a craft to this, and yet you watch this believing that these two could probably do this in their sleep. Yeah, They are absolutely beating the dog out of each other. And like you made a point, he's not just like, oh, I'll do the other person's finish. Like, absolutely hard-hitting, yeah. escalated versions of the finish, you know, from the top or on the apron or whatever. So they're going for the hardest and nastiest version of that to illustrate that they've just done this over and over and over again and they will just very much fight forever. And then of all the wrestlers, again, to build the, well, you are going to have to fight forever. You're going to have to fight next week, in fact. It's these two. Mm. It's not just, they haven't tried to establish this fury and this anger out of nothing. Mm -hmm. It's not just two wrestlers. You know, you wouldn't have had it, fair enough, it was a, you know, a protracted squash. But Zia and Lacey Evans... Yeah. wouldn't have been as convincing in these roles as people that they just can't be contained. Well, <laughs> like, this is the first time they faced each other and it's just a match for a match's sake. This, we know 
There's so much rooted in this mm. that I absolutely think you can get away with it sometimes. And if this is a means to an end of them saying, we're going to have to settle this in a street fight or a last man standing yeah. match, which we know these two can do so well together, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have made sense if they just said, it's a qualifying match, but it's also a street fight. Yeah. Like, you have to have this result. But, yeah, in terms of me not just going, oh, right, no finish then, mm. I thought they salvaged it in terms of, yeah, I... I believably bought that someone didn't just go, oh, I can't be awesome. I'm just going to get counted out here. They were just like, I just, I don't care what happens to me. I just really want to hit you. I've lost it now. I've yeah. absolutely lost it. I think where this will go, by the way, is um, I think they'll fill every other slot in the match to make it clear, like, this could have been done as, like, the first qualifier mm. could have been out of the way, and it's not. It's got to the, and then on the go-home show, they'll do a last man standing yeah. to be the last man in the money in the bank. I think it's a, it's a nice way to just create a little bit of drama for what you assume to be Drew's route to his attempt to get that clash at the castle shot. Yeah. kind of starts now, doesn't it? So uh, Another good reason why I enjoyed this show, watching it on Sunday night, you know, it's getting late, watch Love Island, <laughs> want to go to bed. Big video recap segment of something I've already seen many occasions, which is the Cody Seth Rollins stuff from yep. the, the premium live event and from Monday Night Raw. Skipped all that, uh, only to find out that uh, Michael Cole announced that Cody Rhodes is going to be out for up to nine months. He's pregnant. <laughs> no, uh, this is like this is a good strategy on WWE's point of view to just put that out there because it, they know they're not deaf to the speculation. They'll know that people will be doing their calendar maths and make nine months for starters is before WrestleMania. So regardless of if that number is worked or if it's legit, it's giving people the the freedom to at least fantasy book and believe that Cody will be there for WrestleMania. Of course, there's this precedent set by John Cena that you can play with that a little bit and you can get a Royal Rumble comeback or indeed a comeback at another show, mm. you know, whenever. Uh, it's a good number. It's a good worked number if it's worked or if it's a shoot one. Nobody needs to be panicked that he's... Like, if, if they said 12 months, the first thing you go is, ah, oh, he's missed WrestleMania, that's not ideal. Like, now you don't have to have that yeah. stress. It's, uh, like, a good good use of an unfortunate situation to befall Cody. Yes, indeed. Get well soon, uh, Cody. We go to the back where... Hey, Kayla! ...is chatting with Lacey Evans, SmackDown's newest superstar. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, well, that's you it. Yeah. about four weeks ago, and then you went to Raw, and then you, doesn't matter. Didn't happen. Anyway, um, she gets asked about, you know, her uh, checkered past, let's say, uh, and is full baby face again, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says, you know, I might not be as good as Zia Lee. There's no way Zia Lee's as good as me. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't, she does this catchphrase, right? And I, d- I didn't want to be the one to bring it up, especially when I was, like, banging the drum about, oh, come on, just do right by her now. Does that make sense, this catchphrase? Like, I may not be as good as those women in the locker room. I suppose she's saying I may not, but she says I'm definitely... So I'm definitely... I get it. Yes, yeah, yeah. So it's all about, like, kind of the declarative nature of the statement. She's saying, like... It's too complicated for a this, lot of wrestling like, fans. This one is a maybe, but I know this for sure. Yes. All right, yeah, that's fine. That's all right. Anyway, Zia Lee immediately mocked her and said she was going to become money, Miss Money in the Bank, basically. Uh, she didn't. She no. Got, she did get some uh, early offense in. She hit a suplex and uh, slowed the whole thing down with a chin lock. But eventually, Evans fires up, breaks free. I think she had a Bronco Buster on this at mm-hmm. one point. Uh, and then out of nowhere, as Lee comes off the ropes, she uh, unloads the women's right for the one, two, three. Qualifies from winning the bank, which I believe may have seven people in it yeah, now. Yeah, I think there were seven on the graphic, unless I miscounted. A, a, a squash, effectively. Um, Lacey Evans... 
keeping the woman's right, I think, is helpful because no matter what you kind of change about this gimmick, that was over in the first place. Yes. People have always bought that power of the punch. Uh, nothing else really to add other than it seems now they're going to lean in hard on her just being a baby face, which is the right course correction. She feels like a favourite to win money in the yeah, bank as well. definitely. Red, white and blue briefcase. Oh, America. America. Oh, it's going to be camo, isn't it, if she wins? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, in the back, this is where I pointed out that uh, Drew and Sheamus were not happy with this result and they both go in and confront Postman Pierce, uh, who says, you didn't win. Mm-hmm. A very valid point. He's scared of both men, as yeah. he should be. But he, he McIntyre's like, put me in the match. And then Seamus storms in. He's like, I want to be in the match. And he's like, well, actually, Drew was just in here. He's like, oh, you've been chatting to Drew, have you? Like, well, no, but it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I don't want excuses. I want results. Big Vince, isn't that, innit? Yeah. Oh, they're going again as well. Yeah, exactly. Fight, fight, fight. And I'm absolutely fine with all that. Yeah. Uh, Ronda Rousey came down to the ring. But before we get to the Ronda Rousey thing, actually... <clears throat> Randomly, they just were like, have you heard about the Viking Raiders? you seen this? you heard about this? Oh, man. I really felt for the Viking Raiders here. So they're uh, they're coming to SmackDown like that means anything anymore. You know, it's like uh, they've accepted the quarterly brand brand potential that's <laughs> now once a week. They did it with a bit with Riddle, didn't they? Like, you got to win tonight. Oh, you're not welcome for SmackDown. It's like, all right, Roman's got both belts. You wanted them. I'll just wait till he comes to Raw. <laughs> it's his choice to go for that belt. Um, oh, yeah, I... I think it's a bit of a piss take when you try and suggest that wrestlers coming to brands is a big deal anymore. Not least when the poor old Viking Raiders are not... It's not like... To use an example of somebody that wasn't on this show, but as we talked about in the office, they cared enough to acknowledge. This is not Max Dupree and his maximum male models mm. where you, a guy is appearing as if they're brand new. The Viking Raiders haven't been, like had the beards trimmed, the hair cut, and been put in suits. And it's like, we're the Viking executives. <laughs> like, they're... <laughs> They're just the Viking the the Viking Raiders were exactly the were in 2.0 a few weeks ago, exactly what they've been doing. Like honestly, gun ahead. Like if I'd have said to you, like say two weeks ago, let's say when they were on NXT 2.0, Wilborn, what brand are the Viking Raiders? Yeah, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. That's it. Like they try and pretend these things are things when they're just not things. And the fact that they to highlight them used footage from mid pandemic, if I remember. Who needs you pointed this out the other week? Who needs flashbacks to that era? Don't take me back there. Like when you get in theory over at the moment, right? on um, as the United States champion, yes. essentially there to fight John Cena. Are you going to go to clips of the Zelina Vega stable? I bloody hope not. To try and get him over. It's, it's like, what makes them think that that era would be the one to revisit? I also felt bad for the Viking Raiders as part of this video package. So they, they used that footage of them on the one day that they went axe throwing or whatever it bloody yeah. was with the Street Profits. And then they're doing the whole raid, raid, they're trying to get that over because they can't do war, mm-hmm. obviously. And they cut to a shot from the crowd of one person going, Raid. <laughs> I was like, you can't get any better footage or just fake it of yeah. someone being like, yeah, Raid. Oh, don't raid. cut. Don't yeah. cut. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah, Raid. 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 Cuts Jeff in the stands. Raid, I suppose. <laughs> Popcorn. Huh? Hot dog. Do you want a hot dog? Raid. <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyway, Ronda Rousey comes down to the ring. She talks about fighting Natalia at Money in the Bank. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good stuff. This card is shaping up now. Yeah. Despite the fact it's not going to have a world title, men's world title match on it. Rousey, I think, is in their mind, uh, this segment might argue otherwise, is somebody of a star level that yes. can be there as a main eventer in the place of Roman Reigns. Ronda Rousey versus Natalia, Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair, two Money in the Bank ladder matches. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Leave they'll, it at that. I'll put a couple more things on. But Two-hour yeah. show. Thanks very much. <laughs> Cheers. 
Actually, I'm not working it. Put 20 matches on it. No, no, no. We'll sit with six. Uh, anyway, um, she talks about this upcoming match with Natalia, and she says, Ooh, well, my submission hold's better than your submission hold, basically saying that her mum taught her the armbar, and Natalia stole the sharpshooter, a knockoff version of Uncle Brett's, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, in the midst of all this, Shotzi's music hits. She comes out, and she says, Oh, you're not prepared for me, because I'm a motherfucking tank. <laughs> no, she didn't say that. Uh, but she did want a match. She said, Oh, you know... I fancy, uh, I fancy beating you and becoming, you know, the new champion. And uh, Rousey asked the fans if she thought that uh, she deserved a title shotzy. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> not a good way. Not a good, not a good God. Um The line was so lame, right? Really lame. But talk about this a lot. Like, I feel like I say this phrase a lot. Stars elevate by material, right? Yes. She didn't. Like, I, what is going on with Ronda Rousey? Is it right that she is, like, it's just a barren wasteland of contenders at the moment? Like, Natalia being saved for the premium live event, I think, is telling. Yes. Rather than her being like a TV defense on the way to a bigger star. Like, the whole story going into Hell in a Cell, and probably one of the very reasons why they just couldn't be asked to put her on the card was like, hey, there's like six losers. <laughs> <laughs> Raquel Rodriguez is a marginally less of a loser than all these other losers. The, do you think they had the same realization we did, where we were like, okay, that's that's that sort of out of the way. She's but she's defending against Charlotte Flair again, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had that really good match with Charlotte Flair. Mm. The you know, oh, make you say I quit sort of thing. And then on the SmackDown preview next, I was like, cool, so what's next for Ronda Rousey? And we looked at the, the uh, roster and we were like, oh, God, no wonder they were going to give you, I don't know, Sasha versus Ronda out of nowhere. It's like, time to play the game. And then, oh, she's fighting Akeem. You know, like, just <laughs> got the alumni pick. It's, it's so, like, what's probably not being spoken about enough, because, like, Ronda's performance is not that great. And you can't, it's all about the intangibles. Ronda Rousey was, like, just... There was a glow around Ronda Rousey in yeah. the original run. And maybe that's the appropriate word because it sort of feels like since the Naomi and Sasha Banks exit of a few weeks ago where Naomi was set for the Raw title match and Sasha Banks was set for the SmackDown one, on Raw, they went, oh my God, what's the biggest and best match we've got for this division? And on SmackDown, they did nothing. Yeah. Like, that is so odd that the, like the, the differing responses you've replaced Sasha Banks with, nobody. Maybe that highlights that Sasha Banks is irreplaceable. And, you know, you give your stars maybe what they want a little bit more often and, you know, things of that nature, to use another Vincism. Aye. Uh, Ronda's in a bit of trouble here. Uh, like, uh, it's, it's just they're not, they're not showing that there is anybody that she can fight that makes it feel big time, that makes one of her programs feel like it should headline a paper. You said it yourself, you know, it's going to have Ronda on it and that used to imply something. It is increasingly not implying mm. that thing anymore. And the material's ropey and her performance is not fantastic. So she is in desperate, desperate need of a proper star to appear on SmackDown, mm. if only for like a one-month run. You've got to assume that somebody's, and I know that I can see the name on the tip of your tongue, Wilborn, every single week. Like, there might be a time and a place for a Shayna Baszler. But I I would argue at this point, it's, it's got to be something bigger. Yeah. It's got to be like... No, you, I'll admit it. Uh, like, for, for SummerSlam and for Clash at the Castle, something's got to feel without bigger. Without a briefcase... Shayna Baszler feels done in terms of a title prospect yeah. within WWE. Oh, they'd have to go right the way back and try and retell a story that they've already exactly. kind of like tossed away. The thing is, with uh, I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you for the most part, 
But there was just a glimpse in this match. Where I was like, there, that's it. You've got it there. Mm. Just do that all of the time. Don't ever come out and be like, who wants a title, Shatsy? And yeah. my submission's better than your submission. Just be like, I wish Fool's up next. Yeah. Just badass. She's just a badass. She doesn't really talk that much. She lets her hands and, and feet and submission maneuvers do the talking. When they accepted she was the heel of the two with Becky Lynch, and yeah. there, there was like the poor Riot Squad were just absolutely fed to her. Fed to her. Ruby Riot, who I think was even on a pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I think the others were just on Raw, and it was just, man, Ronda Rousey's getting cruel. And it felt good. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, in the match, it was like uh, back and forth early on. Shotzi actually took control, uh, fighting... Fighting back, uh, she had a snap mare, kick to the back, went for a submission in the ropes. It was a bit here as well when she reversed the submission and grabbed an ankle lock in mm. the ropes. And I was like, oh, yeah. there she is. That's that's the one I that's the one I want to see. Anyway, Shotzi fights back, hits a tornado DDT off the apron to take us to a break, gets a near fall off that. Uh, kicks Ronda Rousey in the face, works over the arm, um, and then she hit a series of strikes and then went for a kick, and Rousey caught it. And this was the moment where I was like, there she is. Mm-hmm. There's your WrestleMania main eventer. Because she just looked at her and were like, that's it now. Yeah. You've pissed me off enough now that the old Ronda's coming back. She chucks her around the ring, suplexes her. Uh, you know, she's selling the injuries and she's struggling a little bit. Gets her up. Piper's pit. That's got her defeated anyway. And she does the old Brian Danielson of like, no, 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 no. We're making a point here. Puts her in the armbar. Gets a submission victory. But as she's celebrating, she is ambushed by Natalia, jumps her, puts her in the sharpshooter for an inordinate amount of time. Rousey doesn't tap, though. Uh, but later on, as the uh, Kayla stood outside the trainer's room, they're like, ooh, maybe she won't be ready to compete at Money in the Bank. You know, she might not be cleared, mm. which is going to make her a badass when she fights through it anyway. She obviously be retained against Natalia. But, uh, yeah, like I say, I agree with you. She shouldn't be out there doing the John Cena gimmick. Yeah. And that's nothing on John Cena. We were about to heap some praise on him a little bit later on mm. in this review. But, yeah, different strokes for different folks. Absolutely. Uh, I very like, sort of very little I get to add about the pre-match moan I had about Ronda Rousey, other than within the match itself. Um, there was a boot in particular that Shotzi laid on Ronda Rousey that was wicked. Like, yes. look, just for a split second, it's funny you mentioned about like being pulled back in by like Ronda's natural magnetism. For just, I was kind of like, awoken from a bit of a, like, I was, this match was putting me into that kind of, like, WWE content slumber mm. where you can, like, watch it with your energy levels about a two and then every now and then wrestle do the thing and you're, like, spiked to ten. Yeah. You know what I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm mean, i up, I'm up. I'm, I'm awake, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, she got me there. Uh, the rest of the match was, like, again, really nothing to write home about. I think Shotty is, like, I feel like it's, like, she's not developed. She's trying. She's trying really, really hard and she's super, super committed. But either it's WWE's match layouts or something does not favour her development because, like, I don't feel, like, I admire a lot about Shotty Blackheart and, like, her commitment to who she, I think she knows who she is really well. And often then they'll, like, try and, like, close the box in on her. You remember when she well, eliminated... the ball pit, probably. The ball pit, yeah. I don't like a tanks, because tanks don't give it. Remember when she won the Battle Royal? And she, oh, she eliminated Shayna Baszler yes. from the Battle Royal. Like, is she really that much more over in your heart than she was that night? Three years ago when she tipped Shayna Baszler out of an yeah. NXT Battle Royal. Like, all that she is, is all that she already was. Mm. And they're just making her do it as a, as a heel rather than yeah, a baby. Yeah, I don't think a heel term really no, worked for her. She didn't need helping. it. Like, she could just have been the old edgy, cool alternative one who just does mad dives. Yeah. Can't really do that as a heel because that's too much of a, a crowd popper. Yeah, I just, there was flashes in this where I was like, 
that's the Ronda you need to bottle right there. Mm. But, it, God, in terms of looking ahead and booking past Money in the Bank, like SummerSlam, I could book you almost every match on that SummerSlam card off the top of my head. Big, big matches, stadium-style mm. matches. Even as far as, like, the US title, for example. Yeah. I got now for Ronda if you're not going to do Shayna Baszler, which, if you're going to do that, have Shayna Baszler have a match against, I don't know, Aaliyah, no offense to Aaliyah, and rediscover, as Ronda did a bit during this match, of like, Shayna's kind of going through the motions, and then something happens, and she goes, remember when I used to just kill people in NXT, <laughs> and does that, because that's that's the only one for me, and, it, and, and, I, and I'm maybe in the minority there, because I'm still willing, come on, you've still got something with Shayna. Excusing all my biases, the only person I've got that I feel is like of name value is Bailey. But I don't and want to feed her to Ronda. Not particularly. And the only reason I was thinking of that was because I wonder if they'd had it in mind that they would do Sasha. Ronda beats Sasha. And it's like, I've beaten the best. Who's left? And then the immediate follow-on from Sasha mm. is Bailey. And there's that nice link between the two of them. But as you say, like it would have to be a feed job, really. And we've talked about this. There is a strong, strong possibility, regardless of if they try and then have her do a promo where she's like, and each and every one of you, like... Bailey's probably going to get an enormous reaction yeah. when she returns. So they, they've had this problem with Ronda before. She needs heels because otherwise the crowd will... Like, the crowd only need a sniff of even liking her opponent and they'll favour them versus Ronda. So it's got to be a kind of dyed-in-the-wool villain. Yeah. And I'm just not seeing who's out there. Yeah, it'd have to, you'd have to bring Bailey in. Sort of big-picture stuff of like, right, you kind of want Ronda to be becoming heel, if not already a heel, by mm. the Royal Rumble, for example, where... Yeah, let's say she fights Bailey to just definitively yeah. tell you she's a heel now. She's beaten Bailey. She's ruined your favorite. Um, that could work really well, actually. But like, okay, you do that. Maybe in November, if you still want to do some Survivor Series bollocks, maybe that could be the catalyst for. You know, we, we, I mean, it's never going to happen. With and we're, and we're talking way. like all of this, and it's in June. Like they need for the well, yeah, I was they say, need for got, like the right right now, now don't in they? In the interim, have we? No. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Anyway, moving on, we had the Intercontinental Championship. Well, actually, technically, before that, we had uh, Riddle getting interviewed backstage, talking about thriving under pressure and wanting to fight for what the bloodline did to Randy Orton. He's going to beat Rusty and get vengeance on Roman Reigns. And then we got ourselves the Intercontinental Championship match. Oh, this was just sensational. Mm. From the moment that they went, let's put a tail of the tape on there. Yeah. I don't want to see it all the time. I often see it in like UFC, and it's basically like there's two years' age difference. Their reach, their height, their weight, they're all the same. And I go, mm. yeah. But when it's Gunther and Ricochet, mm-hmm. yes, please. By the way, what incredible shape Gunther is in. There was a great photo. I think it was he, either he or Ludwig Kaiser posted on social media of them. And like even the before, I was like, I mean, I'd take that for either yeah. of them. But now, my word, I mean, I know they've been changed and some people aren't necessarily a fan of them altering the look of certain people and certainly not the name. Mm. But, oh, yeah, that's summer goals right there. Oh, absolutely. Like, the, it's, the weight loss thing is really strange with Gunther specifically because it's, I kind of miss how he looked. He carried it well, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, it, it was part of his aura. It was part of, like... It was part of it, uh, his aesthetic, and it's so unfortunate that WWE don't really believe stylistically that that can be an aesthetic. Not so least because he did so much of it on one of their shows. I know yeah. it was NXT or NXT UK or whatever, but like it does function and it does work. And they obviously, I, I'm not suggesting that they had like a gun to his head and said, "Go and lose the weight," but he must have thought, "I'm gonna have to work. I'm gonna have to work to get this off." Mm. And you know, oh, they look great, but. It was feeling like it was going to be at the detriment of the work, and then for one night, all of that went away. Mm. Like we, I, I sort of, in a sense, we kind of got like perfect world Walter here, in that he wasn't even called Walter. <laughs> so he was working by somebody else's name. He was working to a spec that somebody else, a playbook that somebody else mm-hmm. would have instructed him on. And yet, there was just so many flashes of the old magic from both guys. Actually, so many flashes of the old magic that for a night it did sort of feel like the perfect compromise of what everybody wants. Yeah, exactly. I was thinking with uh, the old Walter. It reminded me of Andy Ruiz Jr., the first first person to beat Great Britain's Anthony Joshua boxing. Okay, where everyone was like, <laughs> "Look at this fat lad," mm. and I was like, "There's a subsequent to it." Obviously, I'm not a boxing analyst or anything like that. I was like, "There's a bit of logic there." Because if you've got a bit of weight, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not going to help you with your cardio or whatever. But if someone hits you, you've kind of got a bit of padding. Yeah. And as if he needs it with the way he can hit people, for mm-hmm. example. But yeah, credit to him for the transformation. Like you say, WWE's attitude for the people like that can be summed up with Triple H and Big Show. And he's like, I don't need any of that to beat you, fat boy. Oh, I know. <laughs> that's the microcosm of yeah. how I feel like they feel about it. But yeah, when you just go, is how big he is. Here's how much he weighs. Here's how much. It's a complete disadvantage. They might as well have put the flipping odds up on screen at that point of yeah. like, yeah, the champ's an underdog <laughs> right now. Um, and it was exemplified early on in the match. Ricochet tries locking up Gunther's too strong. Ricochet's using his speed, of course. But Gunther just goes, oh, I'm just going to kill you with a chop. Mm-hmm. You've said about this before in the office. I want to take your point here about how we knew it was coming. We'd booked it in the preview. But even so, what a stunning chop that um, really oh. set the tone. Yeah, tone setting is exactly right. Like the flip off the chop was, uh, the chopper flip, excuse me, was the sort of thing where, again, like just to go back to this Gunther repackaging or this reimagining of his character, he started to question if he had it in him mm. anymore. Like the, that power, that emphasis, that 
um, domineering persona that used to define all the great Walter matches felt like it was gone the second he slapped on a headlock and it was like, oh, he's working a WWE match. That's that's gone. Whatever you once liked was gone. And maybe it is, and maybe Ricochet is such a special performer on his day that... Yeah, credit's Ricochet. You know, he can extract that because this was always going to be a Gunther showcase and Ricochet had to be not just a warm body, but like a super fast, super energetic warm body for him to absorb all of this. It was a really, it was just a really great night for both guys. Um, like, I'm going to remain cautious about what this means long term, but this, as an isolated, like on an island, this match was a like quite a remarkable piece of work considering the handcuffs that are clearly on both now. I went into it going, let's not get carried away. Yeah, and I left going, I'm all in on him. <laughs> Hold it for a year. A really impressive sales package of the Gunther aesthetic in that respect. We talked about on the news, have him kill everyone. Mm. Any and all, all former Intercontinental Champions have legends come back and be like, they'd be like, is there no one left? Is there anyone else who wants to challenge me? And every single one of them just gets killed. And I don't know who you guys set up as the guy to finally defeat him. Imagine but if, uh, basically, do what you did to set up someone like Ilya Dragunov in NXT UK. I'm not saying he needs to be the person to mm. beat Gunther because there's no way you put in that match on SmackDown. But, like... Just make him the monster that he is. Can you imagine if um, he fights? So, like, obviously, Walter... Make him the new Rusev. Gunther, as all champions do, talks about how, like, he wants to restore the legacy of the Intercontinental title. Yes. Who was one of the more famous restorers of the legacy of the Intercontinental title, so much so that he brought back the old belt. Can you imagine Cody returning oh, to his pecking and taking a chop? And Gunther threatening to chop that peck straight back oh, off its oh, ball all yeah. over again. Imagine if he'd done it on Sunday. Alan, Another like, WCPW clash as well. Handprint on uh, <laughs> Cody's bruise. Even that bit where, I know it's in the ropes and it's never going to finish a match, but when he just picks someone up, especially someone the size of Ricochet, carries him like a little baby, <laughs> puts him on the turnbuckle and then just stands on his head. Yeah. And like, like bends his back over it. And I'd, it, it, sometimes it doesn't work, and sometimes, but that also, also sort of adds to it in terms of he just like, just can stand on his head. Monster stuff. Yeah. Just monster stuff. Uh, anyway, um, Gunther kicks Ricochet in the face, goes for a powerbomb. It seems... Uh, just straightforward that mm. it's going to be a title change here. And then out of nowhere, Ricochet sunset flips him for a near fall. Great stuff. Ricochet takes over, goes for a springboard. Rick, uh, Gunther catches him with a sleeper. Ricochet breaks free. So, oh, he's, he's, maybe he's got a chance. Close line from hell, you <laughs> prick. Takes his head off. Uh, goes for a sleeper on the apron, but Ricochet breaks free. Kicks Ludwig Kaiser. Moonsault off the middle rope. Shooting star press. And I, I bought it. I was like, oh, my God. They're going to beat Gunther. This is a really bad idea, but I'm kind of into it because I'm into the match. I'm yeah. invested. But that's not the finish, of course. Ricochet kicks Gunther. And Gunther's like, no, no, no. Here's how you do a shotgun drop kick. And I said it before. The bit in Doctor Strange where he gets hit with something and, like, his spirit leaves his body... Mm-hmm. But, but imagine if his body went with him as well. Oof. He went flying into the corner. Huge power bomb from Gunther. One, two, three. You have a new intercontinental champion. It was, it was brilliant. You are supposed to, when you fight in Gunther, like there, are, it's not one formula, but there are sort of two or three formulas that make it so entertaining, and that is that it is ultimately supposed to be kind of a futile and hopeless pursuit. Like Ricochet, one of the best like athletes in the world in a wrestling context. And everything he's got 
ultimately can't contend with Gunter's onslaught. Like when it was Walter, that was always the way. Like if you think of what, like what would one of Walter's better WWE matches been like the Tommaso Ciampa one in the CWC yeah. of all places springs to mind, where you kind of get one or two goes to give him your best and whatever version of that is, you could be a super heavyweight, you could be a technical maestro, an aerial wizard, or a hard hitter, whatever it is. You kind of get like one or two goes at that. And as you said, like coming up for the near fall, Unlike Ricochet's, mm. uh, it was a 450, it was a, shoot, was it a shooting star? Yes, like the, it was standing like, shooting star, yeah. Right, like the, just that one bit where you're like, this is kind of all, this is the best chance he's got. And then what was always so great about Walter was that you've been hit with the chop and you've maybe sustained it. You've maybe been hit with two or three chops and you've sustained it. And oh, wow, like he can clothesline or he can hit. And then it would be the splash from the top rope where you're just like, he's got a splash from the top <laughs> rope, but are you taking the piss out of me? And that, to me, was how effective the shotgun dropkick was yeah. here. Because you've, Ricochet's done all this, oh, it's still only two, I've, oh, I've got to go, 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 bang, oh my God, like, he's just kicked my bones out of my body. <laughs> like, uh, I can't stop this guy, I'm done. Yeah. And that's like, all of this, all of, like, the way that this was structured was the effectiveness of a Walt match yeah. as presented through WWE's Gunther. Again, like, not to be cynical, not to be misery, just... Don't get overexcited that you're going to get this every week. Nah, he is. He's going to kill everyone. <laughs> but in places, there is still there's still magic in the old dog yet. Yes. There were two dogs on SmackDown, apparently. No. <laughs> uh, Sami Zayn's warming up in the back, and uh, Paul Heyman comes up to him and goes, hey, saying if uh, I've heard from the right people, you win this match, you're a noose. You're in the bloodline sort of thing. <laughs> but if you lose, uh, and he trails off and just yeah. leaves Zayn to think, and Zayn tries to ignore it, and just goes out to the ring. Because he's got a job to do against Riddle, which we'll get to. Before we do that, though, I want to talk about this thing that you and I have seen all over social media, but I'm really glad that they put it on TV. Mm. Not that you needed to be reminded that John Cena is just an awesome human oh being. But the story of uh, Misha and his mother who fled Ukraine. Misha's a young boy with Down syndrome. And she said, you know, one of the motivating factors was like, we have to leave. And she's telling him that in order to sort of calm him down and, and try and get his head around this awful situation, of course, that if they, you know, if they get out of this terrifying uh, war zone that they're in, maybe they can meet John Cena or they're on their way to meet John Cena. John Cena heard this and it's the bit where he's like, I had like a two-day gap yeah. and I realised I was only an hour away by plane. Yeah. So there's barely any limits as to far, how far he'll go for this sort of thing. He just was like, no, nah, we're going, we're going to do this. And he, uh, he spent a day with me, sure, and, and met his family and stuff like that. And uh, I know you tweeted about this, but I'm sure the the Hamflick mega, Hamflick <laughs> mega fans will forgive you because uh, this 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 touched both of us. Oh my god, unbelievable! I'm going to go again. I've watched this like five times this weekend. Like it's yeah, he's uh, he's he's real. Like I watched a, a, another Cena video. I think I might have made reference to it in another podcast. Of like, what the best advice John Cena gave you or something? Yeah, that's been that's on the YouTube channel. It's good. Cody, that. like, it, the algorithm will throw at you, and I, it's definitely worth your click. And Cody makes a point of like saying it's, you know, he it's never been it's most of the time he's been a big star. It's never been cool to be the type of hero he yes. is. Like everybody wants to wear the shades or you know whatever, and he will just embrace that. And there's it's for reasons like this. I think mm. you see this, and it just like the rest of it sort of washes away. There's a bit where he's um because it's not just that he does it and. You, you know, like... Yeah, you see a lot of this sometimes with people on on social media and you see them doing it and you're like, 
Yeah. What came first, you doing this or you getting the cameras to film That's you doing it, right. this? There is a camera there, and of course like there's going to be understandable cynicism. Like, But Cena's record speaks for itself. He's like got the Make-A-Wish record and stuff yeah. like that, hasn't he, as well? So like at this point, it's not just that, he, that you can do all this sort of stuff, and of course you can go there for a camera and you can be Alan Partridge ruffling someone's hair in a children's hospital with balloons on your face on. Or you can go there and just spend the time, which is... It's not just a thing to do it, which is kind of amazing in and of itself, you know, but it's to then go and to make this family feel like, you know, your time is better spent with them, like that they felt so valued. Yeah. Like, you just have to watch this video back. It's it's honest, it's too emotional for me to speak about, to be honest, because it is like that, an unfathomable situation for this family oh, to be goodness. in. And to just sort of suggest, so it, like that's a Hail Mary of a pass, isn't it? Like, eh, we might meet John Cena. Like anything, anything at all that just might help make this awful, awful time a tiny bit easier. And then, yeah, like seen as the guy that comes through and they sit and eat cake and he's like thanking Misha for giving him strength mm. upon meeting him and he's just... Squeezing like, his muscles and stuff. Like, oh, man. Like, the little things like that, isn't it? It's yeah, not just like, let's have a photo. He's and got the T-shirt, the hat and the belt and like... So obviously, like, Misha's non-verbal, so it's all through, like, communication with the family. And Cena works as hard as he can to be able to converse with him directly over the course of what must be, like, a relatively short amount of time, like, to be able to, like, be on the same level as him. It's just amazing. Mm. Like, Cena's a man. Cena is... Cena's the man. Like, John Cena, when he... Years and years and years back now, when he was like, ah, I just... I cannot turn heel, because... I like this sort of stuff too much. He was right, wasn't he? Yeah. He was absolutely right. I think it was Alex McCarthy, uh, a friend of ours, um, who tweeted something on the similar lines, which was like, oh, I feel really bad for booing him now, like oh, six yeah. years ago, whatever it was. Yeah, well, like on a different podcast, I'll be like, hi, mate, like cinching the STF. Yeah. Like, there can be, it can be both, can't you it? Know, you I'm can... pissed, I'm, you know, I'm, I can still sit here and say I'm annoyed at maybe him, not necessarily politicking in the same way as Shawn Michaels did, mm. but... but you Not know, the Miz that well, is he? He's made, like, over he's the made, years. made some <laughs> bad decisions over the years in terms of. Oh, I think uh, I think we should go over the Nexus here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, bad stuff. But in his heart, he's a good guy. Yeah. Hey, hey, John, and he follows you on Twitter now. He do, yes, like, and I mean, how's that as a sort of as a as a compliment to someone's personality? Yeah. Like, he's made all right. He's made one poor choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like it, it's it's on my Twitter, sort of near the top. If you want to go and have a look, if you're still not seeing this, or you missed it on SmackDown Live, it's it's just mm. they WWE will of course use John Cena's like, incredible attitude to their betterment, and that's mm. always not the easiest thing. But if you just take this as an isolated thing, that family, like, had their incredibly difficult life made better for a day yeah. through John Cena's efforts. It's a wonderful, wonderful scene. Yeah, great stuff. At Michael Hanfler, if you want to check that out on Twitter. Mm. Uh, we recapped Steve Austin attacking Booker T in a supermarket. We've done that in the Raw Review review, so yeah, don't, even, don't feel special. And instead, Pat McAfee talked about seeing... Booker puking on Michael Cole and Jim Ross tumping barbecue sauce on him. He's just a rogue, isn't he? Yeah. He's, there's no control in Pat McAfee, and I kind of like that dangerous element of it. No, there was an element earlier in the show. Uh, it will come to me. It was... Oh, it was the... Um, He's never seen, like, the woman's right in real life. Yeah. And he just you heard him, like, exploding from the desk, and it's like, aye, that is... He's valuable to this show so because he's in, he's in, like, his enthusiasm is not only infectious, but crucially, it feels real. Yeah. And, like, so little feels real in WWE. And Pat McAfee is one of those things. Well, we thought it was over between Madcap Moss and Happy Corbin, but next week we've got a last laugh match. What the hell's that? I don't know. Well, we'll talk it's about the preview. preview. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. You had the perfect ending. Why have you done any more to this? I like it's 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 Cedric I worry about, you know? God, it's yeah. My, my esteemed colleague. 
Sophie's choice for Friday morning. Like, what, what if you not see pot on AEW and then you're critical and the grief you're going to take online? Or last laugh match. <laughs> Which one do you want, mate? I mean, to be fair, this week's now, this week's SmackDown coming mm. does look pretty darn good. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a world title match. That's so. right, yeah. It's looking pretty good for you, like smashing that fast forward button. Hey, SmackDown's back. Did you see the show? It was 20 minutes long. It's going to be so good. I can't believe it. It went through so Uh, quickly. But sadly, one thing was missing from this show, Mm -hmm. and that was maximum male models. That's right. Max Dupree got stuck in Europe. (laughs) So they couldn't reveal his new client, which I was sad about, but I was also like, as you pointed out in the office earlier, Mm. at least they remembered to mention it. Ah, they drop stuff all the time and don't care. The fact that this came up is quite telling. I got in there going, well, we talked about Shanky. Where's the Shanky stuff? And what if it's a rare unintentional shout-out to various striking airport staff from WWE at the moment. This is actually a shoot. Yes. It was actually scouting. Like, solidarity from me to them. Like, my words are not on behalf of what culture or WWE or anybody else that matter. But maybe, inadvertently, Vincent Manor just backed the striking <laughs> airport workers <laughs> of Europe right now. And maybe they heard the podcast and went, Disco Inferno? <laughs> Disco Inferno we picked? I can't remember. I can't remember. Oh, hang on. It was because um, I wanted Rick Martel. Oh, it was Ryback. Right back. They that was it. the big guy on the phone. Disco Inferno was something else. They weren't able to get him in time because our podcast drops about four or five hours. Like, that's spot. genius. Yeah, save it a week. Get the big guy. You know how he used to do that walk in the ring when he had the jobbers on his back? Like, now oh, yeah. just, they'll just make like a catwalk for him to walk down <laughs> as he walks. And then, like, he spin moves at the end, pouts, and then drops people on the neck. Clothesline someone into a swimming pool, though. Yes. Obviously. Uh, right, main event time. It was Sami Zayn, future Mr. Money in the Bank, uh, versus Riddle. Stipulation, of course. If Riddle wins, he gets a universal title shot this week now, where we are mm-hmm. right now. Uh, but if Zayn wins, Riddle is banned from SmackDown. And there's a little bit of added spice. Uh, Paul Heyman joined on commentary, and um, there was a nice little back and forth between him and the commentators with them saying... Who's organised this stipulation, and how much does Roman Reigns sort of know about it? And Paul Heyman doesn't want to go near that. Yeah, but he did, as he always did. He's, he's such a good worker. He did go through the ringer with this match of like happy that Riddle's getting his head kicked in, panicking that Zayn's in trouble, and specifically telling him to get on him. Yeah, don't let him breathe here. I want to need you to batter him. Anyway, Riddle gets the early advantage, got rent suplex, power bomb, Broton, but Zayn lures him out of the ring and takes over, sends him into the announce desk. Um, and when he gets back in the ring, he slows it all down with a chin lock. Riddle fires back up, though, running forearm. Zayn catches him with a small package for a near fall, and uh, he shoves Riddles off the top into the barricade to take us to a break. When we come back, Zayn hits a brain buster for a two count as well. Goes up top, but Riddle catches him up there and goes for the super RKO. Zayn pushes him off, though. Goes for a crossbody, but as he's jumping off the top, Zayn gets hit with a jumping knee in midair from Riddle. Just great stuff from these two. Uh, Zayn regains control, though. Does that draping DDT. And this is where Heyman's like, don't piss about, because he's taunting, he's doing the poses. He's setting up for the RKO, but Riddle fires back up. Hits Zayn with a knee to the face and a running kick off the apron and uh, hits the blo- uh, floating bro to a huge beb. Um, hits a power slam, hits a draping DDT, goes to the RKO, but Zayn brilliantly counters it into the blue thunder bomb for a two count. Riddle goes for bro Derek. Zayn escapes. and Zayn goes for the halluva kick. Riddle out of nowhere, catches him with the RKO. One, two, three. He gets a shot at the, I was going to say universal title, all the belts, basically, yeah. uh, that Roman's holding next week. Of 
course, immediately after the match, in come the Usos to beat down Riddle. And you think, okay, there they are, throw up the ones. Show goes off the air. Nope, Riddle's not done. Riddle fires back up. He uh, recovers, grabs himself a kendo stick, breaks it over them, hits them with the splinters, basically, that's left of it to stand tall and uh, cuts a promo down the lens to Roman Reigns saying he's coming for him, he's going to get vengeance, and he leads a bro chant to end SmackDown. What a sign-off this was. Yeah, man, end-to-end, this was super, super effective. I really appreciated the... um, like the inclusion of Paul Heyman was a benefit, but the coming together of the uh, drama of the story of Riddle versus the Bloodline and the quality of the work and neither felt sacrificed within the match. I think it spoke to Riddle, like obviously Riddle's just in the form of his life at the moment, but Zayn playing this uh, like comedic figure and foil for various heels from everyone, from Roman Reigns down to Jackass, it's, it's created this reputation that Zayn is like cooked. Or yeah, he's all all the hardest matches are behind him, and like the majority of them are certainly. Yes, but this was a suggestion that he's got it in him when he needs it, not to misplace or not to mistake uh, Zayn's willingness to do comedy for in need to do comedy mm-hmm. because he was just keeping up with Ridley. This guy Ridley is doing this every single week at the moment, and you get the impression because they're always compared and they always will be. You get the impression that this is a sort of same for Kevin Owens. You, you can't knock this sort of stuff out like five nights a week anymore, and you can't mm-hmm. be doing it every yeah. single Raw match. But when the story requires it and this story absolutely did require it, you've got it in you. It was so important for this story to play out in the logical way we assume, which is that Riddle will probably come up short against Roman next week, but it won't be for the want of trying incredibly hard. And it might even be down to like a halluva kick running from Sammy as he tries to oh, make, mate, yeah. make good on, you know, making this mistake here. For any of this to make sense... Imagine Sammy, if he accidentally halluva kicks Roman. Oh, what a spot that would be. You know, what a tease of a two-can that would be. But for any of this to make sense, Sammy can't be... A clown. No. He can't be an idiot. When push comes to shove, in an effort to help his cause and to get into the bloodline and help Roman, if, you know, no matter what his goals are, even if it's just to be near Roman because of it makes political sense for him on SmackDown, yeah. the character should want to win this match as much as he'd want to win the WWE title himself. So him wrestling like you were getting the best possible version of him made total and complete sense. Mm-hmm. And obviously as a fan, just made for a ripper of a match as well. It's like a really high-quality main event, but one that just was completely in service of the story. No matter how silly some weeks of, like, Sammy creeping around backstage trying to get his ear to the ground on what's going on the bloodline, it's for moments like this where mm-hmm. all that really pays off. And I, I, honestly, I was just so impressed, as I was, to be honest, with the him playing the music the week before. Yeah. And, like, all of it, the sports entertainment side plus the pro wrestling side has worked whilst in league with that, You've had this riddle push, this RK bro split, while like the bloodline have took things away from them to really like heap the emotion yeah, on why yeah, riddle yeah. would want it. You've done it at the same time. It's genuinely really, really good caveat. For, I have no sort of uh, not bad for WWE hair ruffle type praise. This is how you book. Yeah, they have like from both from both ends here. They've booked, and this is going to be a big TV match. We talked about this in the preview about how the ratings are as important as like getting a big. Like yeah, 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 a big PLE main event, especially now that Money in the Bank isn't in the stadium. I would expect a Roman Reigns size number for this on SmackDown. I would. It's a reminder that he's at least about it's his first title defense. Like no time like the present to get one of them in since <laughs> WrestleMania. And if they are headed to, you would assume Roman Orton for one of the stadiums. This is your yeah entryway into that. Like a, a bunch of pro wrestling well booked positives off the like off this single match. I was thinking about Sami Zayn, as I often do in the shower this morning, <laughs> um, and furthering my 
I, I mean, I'm just chasing my own tail here. Furthering my campaign for Sami Zayn to be Mr. Money in the Bank. The other thing I thought was, so he wins Money in the Bank, and you've got the constant tease of like, I'm looking out for you, Roman. Don't worry. This is just our insurance policy as part of the bloodline. Mm-hmm. And then maybe there's one week where he's been beaten down, Roman, or he's, he's you know laid out, and Sami Zayn comes down to help. And there's a little glance, right? Do all that, but he doesn't cash in, right? There was an even argument in my head where you like you have Sami Zayn, as they often do, money in the bank holder, lose, 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 mm-hmm. loses all the matches. Losers, even, picture this, appropriate this week, a hair versus hair match with someone. Drew, for example. Yeah. Right. I know they've done a lot recently, but this is six months down the line. There's an even a place in my head where babyface Sami Zayn from like 2015 or okay. whatever is reborn with the Money in the Bank briefcase after hitting the lowest of the lows of getting his head shaved. And then you have the Dolph Ziggler cash-in moment, but with Sami Zayn, not necessarily on the Raw after WrestleMania. Mm. But there's an argument to be made that you don't just have to have him be there as like a, well, we'll put it on him like we did the Miz to transition it off someone. Like, for me, I know I'm beating beating my drum again yet here, yet again here, but... Yeah, like you say, there was a report I read where he was talking in an interview about how he's really enjoying doing his storytelling work within WWE. Mm-hmm. We've talked on many times how he's cracked the code of WWE of like, you were fine against it for a long period there, Sammy, and now you've learned where your place is and yep. to accept it. But like you say, do not sleep on his in-ring work. He may not be able to be able to quite you the same way <laughs> he could when he was fighting Shinsuke Nakamura in NXT. But that does not mean he is cooked, for no, example. absolutely not. But a brilliant ending to a, to a really, really good episode of SmackDown. The best one of the year, like you say. And one that's made me look forward to this Friday. So it's done its job. You just feel weird saying these words in this order, don't you? It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it'll be the longest time, I mean, six months to a year of that level of consistency before you start going... Is this actually all right? Like they'll never do it. They'll, they'll simply never achieve it. So you just have to enjoy it when it is this good. And I thought this was tremendous. But next week we've got a world title match and Max Dupree. Well, yeah, two big W's already. There you go. Right, let us know your thoughts on SmackDown on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflit at... Michael Hamflit. You can follow me at Anna Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE, as I said. Make sure you subscribe to WhatCulture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Uh, we're going to be reviewing Rampage a little bit later on today and looking ahead, of course, to Monday Night Raw with myself and the Dadly Boys. But for now, this has been the SmackDown Review. My thanks to Michael Hamflit. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. 
Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.